Get your stats up. And even though the truth hurts, get your facts up. MSL's playing hurt. Get your stats up. Bluff City, Hoop City, facts up. Man, I'm in town balling, and I know Captain Stats. MSL playing hurt. That's my favorite podcast. NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, NCAA, and shout out to the local sports as well. From the franchise players to the business personnel, the sports talk heavyweights. Let's start the show. Ring the bell. What is going on out there, Bluff City, Hoop City, Memphis? This is MSL's Playing Hurt Podcast, and I am CJ Hurt. On the other side of me, we have Drew Barrett. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Trying to trying to work out the busy schedule of today. I'm, I've been a little little busy, but I've always got time to sit in here and talk to my main man, CJ, about sports. So Dang I'm right you got time, baby. Drew, was, we was talking out there earlier, and Drew was telling me about how he's trying to figure out you know how he's gonna get down to Miami for the Tigers bowl game. I am. I have no idea. Um, I picked up my ticket today, which is great to finally have that Miami ticket in my hand. But the problem is, I don't know how I'm getting down there. You know, a group of friends I was thought I was gonna go with. We had two drop out. We need two more to pick back up. So, I mean, we're open to anybody. If anybody <laughs> wants to go to Miami, if you wanna. Get to know me personally. I mean, I'm I'm a nice guy. I mean, it's gonna be an 18 hour car ride there, 18 hour back. So it's not gonna be the most comfortable ride. But hey, you get to go down with a, a local celebrity, a local, a self proclaimed local celebrity, oh, baby. Yeah. What can be better than that? All expense paid? No, no, oh. you gotta pay your own way. <laughs> this is a college student local celebrity, so they don't. I don't. I'm not a wealthy celebrity. Okay. All right. So if you need, you know, a ride down to Miami to go see the Tigers play, hit us up on the uh, email, playinghurtpodcast at gmail, and uh, ask for a ride. And I'll pass it on to Drew or Drew will check it and see it and give us your contact information. Drew will swing by and pick you up, and y'all can head on down to Miami. Yeah, we'll even pick you up. You don't have to meet us anywhere. I mean, if you want, it'd be great if you met us on campus, but you don't have to. So just hit us up. Leave your cell phone number. Be glad to have you along. Yes, yes, yes. And while we're on the topic of Memphis and Miami, that brings us to the show topic. It's bowl season. We're going to give you some of our picks on some of the important bowls. And Memphis BYU is an important bowl. Of course Because it it's Memphis. They're getting to a bowl game for the first time since 2008. Coach Fuente is up for the Eddie Robinson Coach of the Year Award. Mm-hmm. It's all types of great things going on with the football program. And this could be a Big 12 play-in game, if you will. There, you know, We talked last week about yeah. conference expansion and why you add Memphis over a team like BYU. And these two teams, how fitting is it that they get to play each other in a bowl game? I mean, it's perfect. I mean, it's almost perfect timing, really. I mean, the only way it could be more perfect is if somehow we had all three teams play each other. I've been watching football my entire life and never seen three teams against each other at the same game. So, No, I don't think that's possible. No, I don't think it is either. And the three teams will be BYU, Memphis, and Boise? And Boise. Because we're assuming that the Big 12 is going to get Cincinnati. They want Cincinnati. Cincinnati wants to get into a major I conference. I, I don't know why. Since, I mean, Cincinnati's a great school. I'd love for them to be there, but I don't see why they're a front runner over us. But that was last week's topic. Let's stick to this one. Which what, what bowl are we going to start with? We're going to start with Memphis BYU. Oh, okay. Miami Beach Bowl, okay. baby. I hate that night at the Popeye's Bowl. We talked about that in the podcast, too. I love me some Popeye's chicken. But if, if I'm having enough time 
hard enough time trying to get my butt to Miami. How? What am I going to do? Swim to the Bahamas? I, get the SGA to buy you a ticket over there. I don't know. No, no, no. They wouldn't do that. I mean, they are. They do have the bus going down. I don't really want to do that since I have already bought my ticket. I'd be wasting like thirty bucks. So I still want to go down with some friends. Hopefully that'll work out. But to the game itself, Memphis is actually favored in this game. One point game. It's almost a pick 'em game. It almost is. No I mean, Taysom Hill for BYU. I, they hadn't had him most of the year. Mm-hmm. They, you know, handled that four game losing streak pretty solid, pretty well. They got eight wins on the year. Memphis has nine. What you got? Who you think gonna win? Is that even a question? I mean, I, come on, come on, just. Tell me who's going to win and why they're going to win. <laughs> Memphis, Memphis is going to win for two reasons, possibly three. Okay. No, we'll, we'll, we'll stick with two. One, or no, we'll go three. We'll go three. All right, one, shut down defense. Number 22 in the nation. Number giving 22 up. in the nation. We had four defensive players make first team all conference in the American Athletic Conference. Second reason, Paxton Lynch. She's going to have an incredible game, going to be very well rested. Third reason, special teams. We've had some great special teams punting the ball, kicking field goals, coverage def- uh, coverage special teams on kickoffs and punt, punt coverages. That's the keys to the game, and especially if you can have those three show up at all time, there's no way boy, uh, BYU is going to even stand a chance. Let me ask you this. Do you think the layover, layover, the layoff hurts the Tigers at all? Is what, two weeks, three weeks until they play? Uh, it's a week from today, and it's been... And they didn't play last week. It's been since the Saturday of Thanksgiving. So it will be almost a month since they played, when they when they put the pads on in Miami next Monday. Right. So, so do you think that hurts them? They have I, all this momentum going right now. They, they do. They do. I mean, I don't, think, I don't really think it hurts them. It probably doesn't help them in any way, shape, or form, but... I definitely don't see it hurting the Tigers. I don't think they're going to come out sluggish. I think they'll be more refreshed, if anything. Okay. So that, who do you got? Who do I got? I think it's going to be great. This is one of those bowl games where it'll be kind of sort of strength on strength. BYU has a 26-ranked offense in the nation as far as total offense goes. They can they can pit up points. They can get yards. Tigers don't give up points, don't let you get yards. I think they're still allowing, what, like 17-point-something points mm-hmm. per game which is amazing. I got Memphis because I like defense, and that's what wins championships, and that's what wins bowls in Miami. And I think that Memphians will be down there full force, and they're excited. They're rejuvenated. The football program is doing things they didn't think was possible two, three years ago. Mm -hmm. And so I think Memphis goes out in front of a mostly Memphis crowd and throttles BYU. And plus, you know, if you didn't pick Memphis, I might kill you, right? I might. I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't kill you. That, I mean, come that's on, a little dude. far. Anybody that's listening, that was not a threat. I mean, <laughs> just threatened CJ's life. It was a joke. Please don't call the cops on me. I'd be mad at you. I mean, uh, we, uh, we would have no. gotten such a big argument right here. We would have had no time to talk about another bowl. So thank you for picking Memphis and not making me go on that another rant. Well, you know, that's what I'm here for. That is what I'm here for. You're here to try to balance me out a little bit. I, I am. I am. I'm, I bring balance to your enthusiasm and excitement. I like that. That's what I do. Okay, so that game is going on December 22nd. Mm-hmm. And so the next one we're going to discuss will be, which one is it? Ah, Miami-South Carolina. SEC-ACC matchup. That will be on Saturday, December 27th. Miami is a three-point favorite. Who do you got? 
it's kind of uh, talking about this game. It's kind of just like uh, who's the least worst team. I mean, kind of. Miami's not that impressive. South Carolina is nowhere near as good as we thought they were going to be. I mean, South Carolina finished what seven and five or six and six? I think six and six. Six and six. I mean, a lot of people, unfortunately, including myself, had them winning the. SEC East this year. Don't feel bad. I have Florida winning the SEC East. See, that's just stupid. (laughs) So, it's kind of whoever you want to pick. I think I'm going to take South Carolina. But, like CJ said, it's a pick-em game. It's even. uh, It's pretty. I mean, Miami's a three-point favorite, but it's so close. You can either. You can pick whichever one you want. Like I said, lesser two evils. I'm going with Miami. I think Miami wins and covers. South Carolina's defense just leaves so much to be desired, and it's left so much to be desired throughout the course of the year. They they kind of addressed the passing game a little bit. Mm-hmm. They really hadn't you know, gotten that much better. And Miami's coming in there with that freshman quarterback, Brad uh, Kaya. Mm-hmm. And he's averaging 246.8 yards per game through the air. Second in the ACC behind who? Famous Jameis. Famous Jameis. So, you know, I think this is his kind, another step for Brad in the right direction to kind of begin to assert himself and be like, hey, you guys might need to watch me because in two years I'm probably going to leave. And Miami might, you know, make a statement like, hey, we're not all the way back, but we're pretty close. Did you see the U part two, by the way? I did. I did watch it. It was quite entertaining. You know, I, I watched it. I thought it was just as good as his first one, maybe even a little better. See, I didn't. You didn't? No. I uh You like the bad boys one better? I just wish they had a they would have went into it. I wish it was great. I do enjoy when uh what's his name? Billy Corbin mm-hmm. when he goes in cuz I have you seen Cocaine Cowboys? No, I have not seen Watch Watch Cocaine Cowboys. That's that's some serious stuff right there. And I, of course Cocaine Cowboys part 2 and then the U. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed watching all those movies. And I enjoyed watching you part two. I just wish he would have went into, especially that brawl, that fight against Florida International. I wish he would have went into that more because mm. I think that there's a lot to be said about the use, quote unquote, their mentality and their mindset about how things are to be handled and how things are to be settled. Mm. And it's not always a and, you know, for the most part, I agree with this thinking is not always a, hey, we're going to sit down and discuss it and we're going to handle it. Very diplomatically, sometimes you just like, yo, you say the right thing one more time, and I'm going to pop you on your jaw, and we're just going to settle it like that. And while I can understand why you don't want a bunch of people running around the world doing it like that, I can't say I see too much wrong with it. I really wish I can't remember the announcer's name who was there when he was like, yeah, that's what you get. You don't come into this field talking that (laughs) stuff, and they fired him for saying it. I wish he had been on there because that would have been great for me. But, yeah, the U-Part 2 was great. Oh. And I think this is going to be one of, I, I guess, the U-Part 3. That team, before we get moving on, that I mean, team it, should take It's going to take a lot for Miami to get to where they're going to start making it a U-Part 3. Well, you know, they've, they've done it before. Yeah. And I think this will be the game right here where they say, hey, we're close to being back. We're putting everybody in the nation on notice. Mm. And so I got the, I got the U. I'm not going to throw up the U because I didn't go there, but I got Miami. <laughs> I just like how they do it. It's so cool. It is. It really is. All right, so moving on to the next bowl game we have here. So, again, that game is on December 27th. Can I real quick go back to a bowl? Yeah, go back. Just real quick. This game has 
probably little significance to everybody else in the nation. I really I'm going to sit down and watch this UAB game because it's their last football game. And it's crazy to think that they're not going to be able to play football, even though Birmingham, the city of Birmingham, out of all the other cities in this great union, they are number one in the nation when it comes to college football viewership. What, so, what, what bowl is UAB in? Uh, I don't know. They're playing Bowling Green. That's South Alabama. Oh, what am I doing? Never mind. Disregard. Did you get uh, South Alabama and I did. Alabama, Birmingham a little mixed up there? Did I get them a little bit messed up? Did you not hear me go into yeah. full detail? <laughs> I was I was scanning through here, and I was just like, I'm pretty sure I remember UAB not being on there. Are they not in a bowl? No. I thought they accepted an invite. No, they didn't get an invite. It's okay. I sounded stupid last week with the whole Salt Lake Winter Olympics thing. Yeah, but that's okay for you. Oh, so I can sound <laughs> stupid, but you can't? That's not fair. No, for real, UAB didn't get bowling. No, like. they did not. That's tragic. Somebody should forfeit their bowl. Let UAB go. Like who? South Like South Alabama? No, like regular Alabama. You, you think Alabama? <laughs> The Alabama Crimson Tide yes. are going to forfeit their playoff ball so that UAB can have one last hurrah. Yes. That's what they should do, but they're not going to do that. I was about to say, if you were serious, if you seriously <laughs> thought that might actually happen, we might need to check you. I'm going to have to call your parents. We're going to check you into a mental hospital or something. Yeah, well, Cause that, I didn't. That's quite crazy. Quite crazy? Quite crazy. <laughs> All right, so I can't go one podcast. So Drew can't talk. I have no clue if UAB is in a bowl or not. But we're gonna move on to a bowl here. We're gonna talk about Liberty Bowl. Yes. Are you excited about that matchup? I am excited. Are you gonna be back for that? Uh, I will. The Liberty Bowl is not till the 29th. Yeah. I'm not going anywhere for Christmas. Uh, I'll be back. Hopefully, if two of our lovely listeners hits us up and comes along, we'll be back the 23rd. So we'll be back in time for the Liberty Bowl. And, hey, for being good sports, I may be able to throw you a couple of Liberty Bowl tickets. So keep Yo, that in mind, fans. How about that? It's you, a two-for-one special. You're not buying the tickets to Miami, though. No, 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 <laughs> no. You buy one. Buy one, get one free. Buy one, get one free. I thought it was great. That's a great offer. I, well, you know what? I'm not going to disagree. No, I mean, I, I'm not saying I got connections, but, you know, I got connections. I'm <laughs> Okay. I know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy. Who knows a guy. Yeah, so I could get you a free Liberty Bowl ticket. But back to Texas A&M, West Virginia, I got A&M. Just because that's a team I, I, I really just want to see more than West Virginia. I actually want to sit there and watch an a I'd rather sit there and watch an A&M game than a West Virginia Mountaineers game. Right. Plus, I really want to see what Kenny Thrill is all about. Is he back at quarterback? He should be, shouldn't he? No, I don't think so. Is he Check still that out? out? Check that out. I thought he'd be. I thought last time I last time I even looked at, it, I thought he'd be back for the bowl game. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. But let me tell you, I look forward to seeing this game. It's got the, according to my spread, it's got the second uh, highest total mm-hmm. at sixty six and a half, and I think uh, Boise State Arizona's got the highest at sixty nine and a half. So that means there's going to be some points scored in this game. Both teams score. A&M had, is averaging 34 points per game. West Virginia is averaging 33 points per game. What's more telling to me is against Power 5 teams, Texas A&M is allowing 36.6 points per game. 
they're allowing near 30, round up to 37. If you're going to round 37, may as well round to 40. They're mm-hmm. allowing dang near 40 points per game against uh, Power 5 teams. West Virginia is allowing 28. That's four touchdowns. You got two great quarterbacks. Clint Trinket is Trinket. Clint Trinket, as I slow down now, is averaging almost 300 yards passing per game. And you got Kyle Allen on the other side. He replaced uh, Kenny Hill midway through the season. Mm-hmm. He's got all this time now to sit down and study and learn the offense and get a better feel for it, although he's been there. Being thrust into the starting role middle of the season, it can be overwhelming. So he's got three, four weeks off to kind of reabsorb all of that offensive stuff. And let's not forget Allen threw for four touchdowns in the first half against Auburn. So this team is going to put up points. Mm-hmm. Kevin Sumlin is the coach. Yeah, That's what his offenses do. They do score some points. I think this, you know, the over-under on this is, well, the total on this, I think is a little low. I think I'm going to take the over on this. I think this could be a 72-point total game. It's going to be exciting. Yeah. I like West West Virginia because I don't think Texas A&M can stop them enough. I'm still going to stick with uh, A&M. You know, I know defense counts, but you got to score points. And I am honestly am more of a defensive guy, but I just like A&M's offense in this matchup. But we'll, we'll see the 29th. Moving right along, Arkansas versus Texas. Arkansas is a six-point favorite. And why wouldn't they be? Texas is not has not been that great in the Big Twelve. Arkansas, yeah, they're six and six, but that's a quality six and six. I mean, that is a very close. They were close to being nine and three. Right. I mean, against some good teams, very dynamic running backs who both have over a thousand yards this year. I mean, they are just going to simply just run the ball down Texas's throat. And there's. There's almost nothing that Texas can do about it, unfortunately, because that's how good. And it's not a knock on Texas. When I say that, it's a it's how highly I think about Brett Bielema and this offensive mm-hmm. line and this running game. And it's just that's that's what they're going to do. Now, it's not going to be as bad as what Arkansas was able to do against Texas Tech, I don't think. But, you know, when you got Jonathan Williams and Alex Collins in the backfield, like you said, both over a thousand yards on the year, both averaging up over 80 yards per game rushing. That's a dynamic duo for mm. you that's going to be difficult to stop. And I think, you know, I agree with you, Arkansas wins this game based solely on their ability to just run the football. Yeah, Arkansas is definitely my clear-cut favorite. I definitely see them not only winning but covering the spread. So Is that your lock? That, that's not my lock. That's not my – that's not my – I mean, see, that's the thing. I had a hard time I was tr- when. Eventually, at the end of the show, we will pick our favorite underdog and our favorite lock. And when I was going through this, I really I wanted to pick Arkansas, but I wanted to pick a game that we weren't already talking about. Okay. If I wasn't trying to pick a game we weren't already talking about, Arkansas would definitely be my lock. So Arkansas is, while it's not a lock, it would be. It would be. Okay. What is the lock? We're going to go ahead and jump into the you favorite lock. You hop in your lock right now. <sighs> my My lock is Central Florida versus... North Carolina State, uh, American team, you know, uh, tied for third, fr- tied for first place in the American Athletic. Top of third. You just, you just want to give the Tigers the sole conference I do, championship. I do. I wanted to say they were tied for second with Cincinnati. <laughs> Nobody came close to Memphis, but, you know. But uh, UCF's got very good uh, offense. Came, I, I don't know if you got to see the UCF-ECU game that ended the year. 
came back. I mean, East Carolina had him full force. You know, East Carolina came back, I think, by 17 points themselves. Central Florida rush camp comes right on back. East Carolina, terrible clock management, by the way. Worst I've seen, I've, I've probably ever seen. And UCF does throws that huge Hail Mary there at the end. Three on one. Somehow the wide receiver comes up with it. So I think that momentum carries, that excitement carries. And I just don't see North Carolina State putting up that big of a fight. Okay. Who's your lock? We'll go ahead and take. To do uh, my lock, Stanford, Maryland. At a 13-point favorite, Stanford. Actually, I have them at a 14-point. But, yeah, I I think Stanford goes out there and just drums Maryland. I think it's it's, it's interesting because sometimes you get good teams who have these head-scratching records. You have to go back and really sit down and take a look at what was going on during the year and why their records are what they are. And I think Stanford is one of those teams. They sit at 8-4, and I do believe, Mm -hmm. and it's – it's how is Stanford eight and four? Well, of course they lost to Oregon and Notre Dame, and they lost that gut wrencher to USC, and I forget who that fourth loss was to. But I think that they're better than what their record indicates. And Maryland just snuck in. Honestly, they they were in a a fairly top. They were in an extremely top heavy division with the top two teams being pretty good in Ohio State and Michigan State, mm-hmm. and then Michigan, Penn State, Rutgers. You know, not really elite competition so you win those games and you're pretty you're pretty much into a bowl and then you know it's in california i do believe you got to fly across country and get acclimated to that also time zone difference we talked about that last week time zone difference got to fly over those mountains we do and mess up everything in the mountain west time zone and then land and everything like that and so you know i think stanford comes out and gives Maryland a pretty good beat down and everybody's going to be left talking about how embarrassing the big 10 is but I think Stanford is a is a good team. I really do. And speaking of teams that, you know, you look at their records and they'll leave you kind of like, wait, what? They, they've had a down year. Stanford has had a quote-unquote down year. Mm-hmm. But by another t- program standards, a lesser program, Stanford had a pretty good year. LSU, same boat, I do believe. Kind of, you look at LSU's record and you're like, wait, LSU 8-4, and four, uh, they had a down year. But you look at who LSU lost to. <laughs> The teams LSU lost to, I do believe, are three of them are playing in the New Year's Six Bowl. Uh, they lost to or two of them. Are. They lost to Arkansas. They lost to Alabama. New Year's Six playoff. Yes. Uh, they, they lost lo- to Mississippi State. They lost to Mississippi State. That's New Year's Six. New Year's Six. Did they lose? To, they lost to Ole Miss. They beat Ole Miss. They beat Ole Miss. So okay. two two teams in the uh, New Year's Six Bowl. Yes. And so I mean you and and they lost. Did they lose A and M? I don't know. Do you look that up? I can't. I'm. I mean, if, I don't. By, I don't. By think the time they it did. took me to look it up, it, it we'd be way past the subject. But well, I get probably not. I mean, you kind of transitioned into the next bowl we were about to talk about. Yeah. That's a great transition, yeah. by the way. I, I can carry it all day long, Drew. I transition well. I carry the podcast well. I throw to you well. I'm just a well-rounded host, is what this is. Wow. Yes, it's I'm so patting myself. Too. I'm patting myself all over my back right now. But, yeah, so LSU leaves your head scratching. And they, that's they, the next beat they beat A&M. They lost to Auburn, correct? Uh, let me pull it up. Uh, losses against Mississippi State, Auburn, Alabama, and Arkansas. There we go. Yes. And so that's their four losses. No shame in losing because three of those teams are ranked, and we forget at the beginning of the year they beat Wisconsin. Yeah. And they get a Notre Dame team that is doing the exact – that is trending in an 
in a downward way. Very like, downward. They they started off, you know, once you whoever wins that, it used to be, it's not that way anymore because they're not gonna play anymore. But whoever won that Notre Dame Michigan game, assuming both teams were undefeated, automatically in the top five, top ten, automatically just because you won that game for whatever reason. And they won that game, and then they beat Stanford, and then it's like, oh, here comes those Irishmen, and then they just fall apart at the end of the year. And that's kind of sort of the trend Notre Dame has been on with the exception of that year they went undefeated. They kind of start off real well, and then they falter towards the end of the year. And that's what they're doing right now. I think LSU comes out in the Music City Bowl and just pounces all over Notre Dame and gives them the business. Yeah, I mean, after Notre Dame started off 6-0, and just like you said, they're 1-5. and Gosh. With their only win coming to Navy, which... They won by 10 points, but I remember watching some of that game, and that was a very, very close game. Navy was in it the entire way. So Notre Dame, I have them no chance. I don't even think they beat the spread. I I, I think they lose by seven or more. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Mad Hatter going out Mm -hmm. with a bang before he goes up to Ann Arbor and interviews for the Michigan job. I don't know if he gets it or not, but he's going to go up there and interview. They're going to make sure they get him in there for the interview. And Texas now, so we've done LSU, Notre Dame. Let's mm-hmm. move on to Georgia, Louisville. Two teams. Georgia's another one of those teams where you, you look at their record. As, they weren't and, as good as uh, they, everybody thought. But, they, but they're, they're supposed to be. <laughs> they're, what they're supposed to be and what they are are two completely different you things. Are, you, now you are what your record is. I, I'm I mean, not they argue only that. lost three games, but. remember You remember when they shut out Missouri? The SEC East champion? 34 to nothing. <laughs> you, and then they come right back and you look up and they're losing to Florida. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's kind of the year Georgia's been on. Louisville. Kind of on the same year, everybody in the ACC had Florida State beat, so I'm not going to bring that up, but I did bring it up, so I'm going to stay on it. Okay. <laughs> had Florida State beat, should have beat Florida State, didn't beat Florida State. Story of the ACC this year. Um, but, you know, Louisville is a quality team, and Louisville shows up in bowls. No matter what bowl they're oh, yeah. in, they show up to play, and they show up to win. Georgia, those SEC schools, man, sometimes they get that, oh, man, we should have been going to this bowl. We should be in that bowl. We should be in a poor better us. bowl. Poor us mentality. And they get out there and get slugged. Mm. And so I hope George, I hope Mark Richt is having them fight through that. Um, we'll, we'll see. I Just based off what Louisville has done in the past in bowl games with time to prepare for a team, I know that's under Charlie Strong and uh, Petrino. And Petrino's back. Mm-hmm. I think Louisville comes out there and surprises people and pulls off the upset against Georgia. I I don't. I, this game, I'm gonna pick Louisville to cover at least. Yeah, at least cover. I'm not 100 percent sure if they'll win, but the spread is at six and a half. I think they at least cover the spread. Yeah, no doubt. On to another game that a lot of people around here are probably interested in. And I know I'm not, but. Well, I am for one team. TCU Ole Miss. Good football going to be played. That's a strength on strength. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, it's a strength on strength. Offense on defense. Yep. Let's see what those land sharks can do, baby. I don't think they can really do that much. Let's see see what Boykins can do. That's one of those games I'm excited to see because, and I'm not an Ole Miss fan. I'm not a TCU fan. I'm not an SEC fan. I'm not a Big 12 fan. I'm just a fan of 
strength versus strength. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a fan of that, and I like watching that to see how it transitions cross conferences, and let's see how this Big Twelve offense does against this SEC defense. It's going to be great. Yeah, I mean TCU has got probably one of my favorite quarterbacks this year, and Trayvon Boykin. Yeah, I mean this kid has just been unbelievable. The only person who has a better quarterback rating and better stats is the Heisman winner, Marcus Mariota. I mean, this kid is unbelievable. He's had a great year. He's led TCU to 11-1 and record, and I definitely thought that they should have been that fourth team in the playoff oh, over Ohio dis- State. I couldn't disagree with you more. That fourth team should have been Baylor because Baylor beat TCU. We've, how many times have we had this argument on this podcast? We I don't think we've ever had, we had it one time on the best one loss team mm-hmm. edition. By the way, in our best one loss team edition, we had I think it was fourteen one loss teams. We had Ohio State like thirteen, yeah, twelve. Then they're in the playoff. But we know more than that selection committee. Of course, we know more because we, we we had it right. We did have it we right. did have it right. They and, had it wrong. Yes, and Baylor should have been in there because Baylor beat TCU head to head, and they all have one mm-hmm. loss. Big Twelve should have declared a champion, and they didn't. And no. So that's what happens when you have two co-champions. That's what happens. I mean, so I'm gonna ta- I'm taking TCU. TCU is a three point favorite. Uh, I think they win by three. Probably okay. no more and no less. Probably they are gonna win probably by a field goal. Okay. Who who do you have? This is tough for me because everything in me wants to go TCU, mm-hmm. but it's just that defense, man. That defense is stacked for Ole Miss. And they fly around the field. And while I feel like they struggle at times to stop the run, they, they're they built for TCU. This defense for Ole Miss may not be built for a team like Arkansas, may not be built for a team like LSU who's going to just sit there and run the ball constantly at you down your throat. But if you're going to spread the field, go three, four receivers, and trust your quarterback to make good decisions with the football and put that ball in the air – Oh, that's when them Kendichi boys pin their ears back, and then you got uh, what's my Golston in the secondary mm-hmm. running yeah. around making plays. You hit that ball in the air one too many times against this defense, it is going to get intercepted. There will be big plays made, mm-hmm. and so with that, I think that Ole Miss wins this game because they're, the defense is built to stop an offense like TCU's. Okay, I mean, I I, I respect your opinion, no doubt, but I just don't think that. Uh, Ole Miss has seen a quarterback the caliber Trayvon Boykin. I think he's that. I think he's better than Dak Prescott. I really do. And that's going to take us right into our next game: Mississippi State versus Georgia Tech. Mississippi State is a seven-point favorite, I believe. Seven point. Yeah, that's what I got. I'm going to take Mississippi State to win, but I'm a little concerned about them covering the spread. Okay. I think that Ole Miss lost it a lot to their psyche. I mean, you lost 31-17. to 17. I know it was at Ole Miss, but you spoke, You came in the clear-cut favorite. Nothing going against you. You just came off of a 51-point beat beatdown beat over Vanderbilt. Yeah, the week before you lost by a heartbreaker to Alabama, but you, you, you had the week to get your momentum back, and I think that that loss on Ole Miss just left is going to leave something in their psyche. I think they're going to win the game, but it's going to be a lot closer than people think. Okay, and I think they win the game also. That the Paul John Paul Johnson's offense, that mm-hmm. triple option offense. If you have to go from 
one week defending a spread offense and then the very next week defending this type of triple option offense, it's difficult for your mind to transition and think about the triple option the way you need to think about it and focus on your assignment only. But when you got months to prepare, when you got five weeks to prepare for it, and all you're seeing in practice, because it's a real simple offense, that's why people don't run it no more. Mm. And ironically, that's why Paul Johnson is so good at it and Georgia Tech with the right athletes is so good at it because nobody runs it. And so you don't see it enough to prepare for it the way you need to prepare for it. But when you can prepare for it, it's difficult for Georgia Tech to do anything because it's so basic. True. You, But the there's just so many different things you can do with it. But it's so simple. If you're the defensive guard, defensive tackle, it's whatever, all It's all based on the defensive you, tackle. You hit the fullback and – you wait and see what happens. You string the play out. Linebackers, you fill the gaps. You get you know downfield as quickly as possible, mm-hmm. and you take the pitch man, linebacker, linebacker, linebacker. You take the quarterback, and that's simple. And it, it, it gets it's, no it's more real, complicated. It's really than that. not that simple. I mean, that defensive tackle has got to make a decision, a split second decision. Is am I going to go after the fullback, or am I going to, or am I going to watch the option? It's it's. It's a sign that quarterback. That quarterback is. I mean, you've got to have the linebackers automatically thinking, plug that hole, plug that hole right away. That gives that frees up the defensive tackle to worry about the quarterback and the option. That, well, because that's what the quarterback's reading off. If if the defensive tackle, when you start to hand the ball off, crashes down, you pull it out and go for the option. If he stays, you hand the ball off. Well, again, it's a Simon football. It's a simple freeze play. That's as, all it is. As a, as a defensive tackle, you hit the fullback. That's it. You hit the first person come through the hole. That's it. And then you let whatever happens after that happen because that's what your defensive end is there for. So quarterback feeds it. Defensive tackle, you come up, you hit the guy in the hole. Okay, great. Quarterback pulls it out. Now it's the option. Now there's a defensive end that should be mm. there stringing the play out. Defensive end, don't let anybody outside of you, and you take the tailback. Because we have linebackers, and State has a good set of linebackers coming in to fill those gaps on the inside. So if the quarterback tries to cut it upfield, we've got them. Where you get comp, where you get messed up at is if you're the defensive tackle, you're like, hey, he hasn't been giving the fullback the ball. I'm going to go with the quarterback. I'm going to make a play. I'm going to be the man. And then the fullback gets the ball and just scurries up the field for seven, eight yards. The defensive tackle has got to always plug up the the one and two holes, pretty much right there. He cannot try to. Go outside to get the three and the four. Assignment football. That's pretty much all it is. I mean, it really is. But you got to be a very disciplined team to play it. I think State is going to be disciplined. Are they that Dan, disciplined? Yeah, I think Dan Mullen has a very disciplined defense and a a disciplined team for the most part. And, again, you you got five weeks to prepare for it. Mm. Like, it's, it's not a whole lot that's going to happen. They're, they're either going to line up with two guys in the backfield or one guy in the backfield. They will bring a guy in motion into the backfield, so it will be two guys in the backfield. They might line up with three guys in the backfield, send a guy in motion, so now there's only two guys in the backfield. It's still going to be the same thing, and you've got to be fundamental, and you've got to do what you know is the right thing to do, even if you don't get any shine for it, even if you don't get a tackle for a loss. Just do your job, and you'll win the game. Yeah, And I think State wins this game. Okay, well, we're going to have to keep moving right along. We got we spent maybe a little bit too much time on Mississippi State, Georgia Tech. But we're talking hey, about that triple option, it baby. Was a, it was a great conversation. I enjoyed it. Moving on to Auburn and Wisconsin. Wisconsin just took a too big of a beatdown last week against Ohio State. I'm taking Auburn plus the points. I'm taking them 
I'm taking Auburn to win and to cover the spread. Okay. Even against Monte Ball. Who Monte Ball. Mont- not Monte <laughs> Ball. Uh, wrong Wisconsin running back. Gordon. Uh, Gordon. Melvin Gordon. There you go. Sorry. Dang. Little he, blast from the past. He finished second in the Heisman uh, yeah. Trophy race. Please do remember that. I know, I know. Get him right. But that's that's the thing about Wisconsin, man. They've got that one new running back in every every year. Every year. And it's crazy. As a, as a Michigan fan, I see this happen where the little back becomes the medium back. The medium back becomes the big back. The big back is the one that you worry about. Mm-hmm. And it just, no matter who's the coach, I know they got a new coach coming in. From when Barry Alvarez was there on through, it's been small back, big back, medium back. Mm. The small back, big back leaves, small back becomes medium, medium becomes big. And I'm talking about physically. Yeah. Physically big. When Melvin Gordon came in, he was a little scat back. He was the small back. Now he's their big back. And it's crazy how Wisconsin runs that offense and continues to just be able to plug running backs in to do remarkable things. And, you know, they did take that whooping to Ohio State. They took it pretty – it was ugly. It was rough. 52 to nothing. It was real rough, man. And I can understand why you would hesitate to pick Wisconsin. And it is Big Ten versus SEC. And, you know, for the most part, Big Ten teams usually don't win that. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin went down to LSU this year, lost that game, although they should have won. I think Wisconsin pulls this one out, though. I think Barry Alvarez comes down and is like, hey, your coach left you because you weren't good – and starts trying to talk trash to him and motivate him and get him real angry and mad. Nobody in the country thinks you can beat the big, bad SEC. And I think they come out there and they run that football and they win this football game. Okay. Okay. I mean, I respect your opinion. But, you know, Auburn, they they run kind of what we were talking about with Georgia Tech. They run that freeze play. They run it very well and very good. So, once again, Wisconsin's got to play – assignment football too yeah but we've only got about five six minutes left to go so we're gonna have to keep moving on i'm just now noticing all the sec big 10 matchups like we've got missouri minnesota ohio state alabama tennessee iowa don't count that one don't count because ohio state's gonna lose okay ohio state's gonna lose that's what they do to sec teams we'll go ahead and jump to that game alabama ohio state alabama nine and a half favorite alabama's gonna throttle them okay next game okay missouri (laughs) minnesota six and a half mizzou Missouri-Minnesota, that's going to be an interesting game because you don't – hell, we don't know which Missouri team going to show up. Is this going to be the Missouri team that, you know, won the SEC East? Or is this going to be the Missouri team that lost to Indiana and got skunked at home by Georgia? We don't know. Minnesota's a, a much-improved team. I don't know if they're ready to be on that stage just yet, but Minnesota runs the football real well. They take care of the ball, mm-hmm. got a solid defense. With all that being said, I think Missouri comes out and they they pull off a close one. Yeah, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Minnesota not to win but to cover. Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna before we go to the next um, playoff game, we're gonna just keep on rolling with the SEC, Tennessee and Iowa. Tennessee's a three and a half. I take Iowa. I think people underestimate underestimate Iowa because you. you know you're. It's easy to get overshadowed when you're Iowa and you're losing games you're not supposed to lose, first off. But second off, Iowa's a pretty solid football team. And no shame in losing Wisconsin and Minnesota. Tennessee is, they're a year away. Next year they're going to put people on notice. But I think Iowa has a little bit too much for them to handle right now. I think they're too big. Tennessee still struggles to keep the quarterback up. 
Uh, Dobbs is great at making plays. I don't think he's ready to make enough plays just yet to beat a team like Iowa. Mm. I mean, Iowa, they have lost the last two games, but Wisconsin, 26-24, uh, 26-24, not 24 <laughs> Nebraska, they lost 37-34. So they were right there in these two last two games. And I think that frustration, knowing that they're right there, that they're just knocking on the door and nobody's answering, that they're going to finally just kick down the door against Tennessee. I'm taking Iowa. Yeah. Okay, two more bowl games. We got three more to go. We got our favorite underdogs and then the Florida State, East Carolina. Who what do you got? I got Florida. Florida. I'm taking I'm taking East Carolina. Maybe not to win, but at least to cover. Okay. At least to cover, I'm taking East Carolina. That brings us to the other playoff game, Oregon, Florida State. Oregon is a nine and a half point favorite. No way they cover that. No way they cover that. Florida State has too much going on. They got the athletes, and they they know how to win. They know how to play the game close. They know how to play the game from far back. They know how to win. I think Oregon wins. I think it comes down to a last-second field goal Mm -hmm. or a last-second pass, something like that that has to happen. Oregon wins by two, maybe three. Okay, I'm going to take – I'm going to take – Oregon to win the game, but Florida State to cover. And last but not least, who's your favorite underdog? My favorite underdog is Illinois, who is a six-point underdog to Louisiana Tech. Look, I know Illinois snuck into a bowl. They needed some people to lose. Like, if Michigan didn't lose, Illinois probably wouldn't go to a bowl. Uh, They needed that to happen. They struggle defensively and offensively. But come on, for the love of everything in the Big Ten, this is a Conference USA opponent, a good Conference USA opponent in Louisiana, but a Conference USA opponent nonetheless. I always think of them as in the whack. I th- so. I think of them in the Sun Belt for some reason. Oh. All the all the other Louisiana schools are in the Sun Belt, mm. but except for of course LSU, which is in the uh, SEC. But you know Louisiana Tech, great Conference USA team, played real well this year. But com- it's still a Conference USA team. You're a Big Ten program. You're a Big Ten football team. You better find a way to win this game. Louisiana Tech, number one rushing defense in the Conference USA. But, again, it's still Conference USA. Find a way to win that game, Elana. My favorite underdog is Colorado State versus Utah. Colorado State is a a three-and-a-half point favorite. Colorado State finished 11-1 this year, or 11-2, or 10-2. 10-2. 10-2, great team. Got a great core of receivers out there. I think that... Utah's Utah's a good team, but they're not as good as everybody thinks. I think Colorado State comes in and not only beats them, I'm saying beats them by at least a touchdown. And that game was almost my lock. And I was and I was going the other way. Like, why is this game so close? I think Utah comes out and throttles Colorado State. I think it's the other way around. Okay. We'll see. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have. Another week comes to an end. I'm a little sad. I am too. But we'll be back. We will. We always come back, oh, baby. It's going to be exciting. Got me all happy. Yes, yes, yes. For Drew Barrett, I'm CJ Hurt. You've been listening to Playing Hurt Podcast. Holla at you.